started long ago i recorded like five minutes of banter banter so, you so, should have a whole oops all banter episode all, well at least a file on the computer that's just banter yeah i do have a folder that just says banter just play a uh, psychobilly freak out quietly in the background yeah i don't see why not let's start it take away into the show hey listeners you are listening to another exciting episode of chewing the scenery horror movie podcast this is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. But first, we'll talk about recently watched. We'll try not to spoil that too bad, or we'll just spoil it. And we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find the music on Amazon or Apple Music, where you could buy it digitally, or say hello to them on Facebook, where they are, the Moon-Rays. And we are not professional critics. We are your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Jolien. Good evening. And Will. Good morning. One of them always lies, and one of them always tells the truth. So, One of them tells the truth half the time, and the other one lies half the time. <laughs> you don't know when people are going to be listening to it. That's yeah. Pro- yeah, that's probably fair, you know. So we're being friendly to everyone. From Everybody. It's, it's morning or night. Nocturnal and diurnal listeners. It's called inclusivity, people, and we got You know, it. not all monsters come out at night. <laughs> no, they don't. Some of them come out at daybreak, I'm sure. That's true. You know? But the freaks come out at night. Believe that. The real freaks come out early in the morning. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or you see them walking home from wherever they were. Uh, oh yeah, those nightclubs you go to at five in the morning. Yeah, people are walking home and they're like in their club outfit and they're just completely wiped and they're struggling to get home. And you're like, man, it looks like Marilyn Manson got hit by a car. <laughs> walking down the street there (laughs) so uh recently watched who wants to start it Mm. you haven't got a tivo list i don't i did not watch man that's old school tivo tivo what is it tubi tubi Tubi. sorry no i I had tivo back in the day i watched no tubi none no tubi i was going to watch good movies Mm-hmm. But then I ended up uh, spending most of the afternoon. Did you start smoking a morning. fucking pipe too, or what? <laughs> That'd be a good idea. Uh, Look all sophisticated. And get a, yeah, mix up a cocktail and a pipe, yeah. and or just a snifter of brandy. That way, you don't have to mix anything. Yeah, that's good too. But then you have to own snifters, and they break so easily. They do. Such thin glass. Yeah. Um. No, I spent most of my time sitting outside in the backyard with the cat. Oh. So he could walk around and look at things and see if he's a try to get in the front yard or he can he found a spot where he can go that I can't get at him. 
Uh-huh. I'm sure he did that on purpose. So. Well, yeah, he's a cat. But, you know, he comes back now, so. Well, at least you know that. Yeah. So I didn't do a whole lot of movie watching. Oh. Read a book about cats while I uh, watched a cat. Yeah? Was it the big book of cats? No, it's something called... Uh, the Joy of Cats. The Cat's Meow. Uh, from the savannah to your sofa. <laughs> and it's about the evolution of cats. The domestication as well? Yeah. Or just the evolution? Uh, well, the domestication's covered, but uh, I didn't realize things like a cat breeds, like a Siamese or a Persian, are only about 150 years old at the most. Really? Yes. Cats... Uh, they still do. They, they're called random bread <laughs> instead of a mutt. <laughs> they're random bread. So, uh, yeah, cats just refuse to bow down to our fascism of you'll have, you know, floppy ears or... Right. You know, they finally gave up. We broke them <clears throat> down. But they took over the internet. and They're fighting the war still. Well, that's true. And you as know, you can tell, little dogs have really evolved. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, proof cats are on the internet is the claim that cats kill, I don't know, 38 billion birds every year, whatever the number is. Wow. And I think they're lying. I think they made that number up to look impressive. And it backfired on them because it kept them inside. But maybe that was their plan <laughs> all the time. Mm. You can't you can't outthink them there. <laughs> Always one step ahead. Oh, I'm fully aware of that. I had Digit for 15 years. Yeah. And uh, if you've got a smart cat, they are, you know, they're always clever and looking for some way to get into whatever you're keeping them out of, wrongly keeping them out of. And they will not go quietly into that good night. No, this guy's uh, part <laughs> Siamese, so he really gets going. He'll not shut up. Yeah, they'll live to be 15 or 20 years old. And uh, they will they will mess with you in the same ways up until the very end. Yeah, a lot of ways, yeah. Anyway, that's enough about cats. I did watch Rattlers. Rattlers? Oh, yes, because Kingdom of the Spiders, and I was yes. like, I have to watch Rattler, Rattlers <clears throat> now. And uh, so, yeah, I did. If you haven't seen that one, I think it probably came out around the same time yeah it's a total 70s movie it does open with two kids getting killed by rattlesnakes which is uh you know not something you always see in those movies well you know kids always get threatened and sometimes they get killed sometimes yeah usually the kid is threatened at most and they don't you know they aren't killed but this one opens with it just like these two boys fell in a (laughs) nest of rattlesnakes that are slightly radioactive or mutated from some army experiment it's not in like a base with like two people on it it's not like a bear tore their arm off or something no no <laughs> i remember uh del toro talking about the movie mimic and gleefully describing that the kids get killed <laughs> on like <laughs> entertainment tonight and like movies don't kill kids so we killed them you're like you're spoiling your own movie but you you seem so happy about it you know the monsters get them yeah. <laughs> oh man so it makes a big difference when you don't let Tubi run the show 
of course, a cat isn't going to just, you know, let you have both. No, no. He wants to go outside. I'm not yeah. watching Tubi on my phone. Shall I give no. you a selection of cat horror movies? Maybe he'll let you watch those. Oh, maybe. Yeah. So he, can, he can be like one of those YouTube critics and say, no, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. that's the thing. We could get him to review movies if he'll watch them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that he'll watch them. Yeah, if you call him to look at, he comes to his name, but if he's sitting there and he doesn't want to, he will not look at you. <laughs> Whatever he's looking at is the most fascinating thing he's ever seen, and he can't hear you or even imagine that you exist. It's whatever he's looking at right now. Do you think that dogs and cats can see other dimensions? <laughs> other dimensions? Like yeah. the, the noise time? That noise was birdie bonking her head on the microphone. So dogs can see. Dogs can't look up. <laughs> I heard that. I heard that in a documentary about uh, zombies. Yeah. British zombies, I believe. Yes. That outbreak in Britain. Yes. A yes. number of years back. Interesting documentary. Yeah. Yes. But do you think that they can see ghosts, spirits, other dimensions? I don't know. I think for cats, they can hear things on the wall. Mm, yeah. That's why they stop and they'll like stare into space. And they're like, no, they hear something. Yeah. You know. Uh, that makes sense. I'm sure dogs can do the same thing. I hear or I smell something. Yeah, that you two-leggers can't see or hear yeah the two legs can't doesn't hear the mouse in there yep well that makes sense so yeah. no so no recently watched to speak of other than rattlers no that's yeah, it that's did it did it remind you of how scared you should be of rattlesnakes uh no because i was maybe when i was a little kid i was scared of them but after you pick them up with a shovel and see that they don't really come after you in any way yeah they just want to be left alone yeah that's why they have the rattle yeah because they want they don't have to deal with it it's, it's a car alarm of the you know animal kingdom it goes off you step away yeah you know you move he on. doesn't have to do anything he's he shook his tail a little bit and you were smart enough to leave him alone yeah as long as you're not stepping directly on or too close to them, you're fine. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. So, Jolien, do you want to you want to go next? Okay. Uh, so I've been rereading uh, Masters of Spanish Comic Book Art by David Roach. It's this big uh, collection of uh, uh, classic illustrators. You know, um, that whole Warren <laughs> comics things of the late '60s and '70s. Yeah. Uh, you know, beautiful art. All those guys. Um, yeah, big, it looks fantastic. Big influence that they're a major force in British comics and European comics, and as well. And um, so, yeah, yeah, that's a good looking book. And uh, finished reading. It came from the closet. Queer reflections on horror, edited by Joe Valise. Uh, so it's like a collection of essays. Each chapter is an essay by a different writer. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them read like they've been to the same creative writing course. So they'll, they'll intermix <laughs> um, talking about the movie with their own personal experience and uh, how how the movies help them yeah. deal with things. Um, you know, lots of 
horrendous stories of school life and coming out stories. Um, and it's got the obvious ones like Sleepaway Camp and, um, you know, uh, movies like that. But then le less obvious ones like uh, Jaws and Ring and things like that and explaining how they saw themselves in the the monsters or uh, how they Roy saw... Roy Schneider was always trying to blow me up when I was a kid. <laughs> That's why I identify with Jaws. <laughs> But yeah, it's an interesting book. Oh, it's new. Okay. Um, yeah, last year. Yeah, I think. Where does it go up to? Um, so it talks about Scream and. Um, yeah, I feel like I. I've read a book. A lot like that. Yeah. But yeah, um, so that was interesting, and I I did um, cover for a book. Uh, Mondo Macabro did this box set called Bollywood Horror where it's like uh, one, two, three, four, five, six movies well, wow. Blu-ray set and uh, I did the booklet cover and they finally sent me my copy um, so that, that was great and uh, they also sent me a stack of Wonder Macabre releases so got a whole bunch of Euro cult to watch when I get the time oh man, yeah alright, uh, recently watched I've uh, been watching, you know I watch serials uh -huh. Exercising, uh, so I've <laughs> been watching Captain America from 1944. Oh wow! Seen this one? Yeah, I've seen parts of it. I don't believe I ever got to see the whole serial, but okay. I remember his costume looking pretty bad. <laughs> it was a droopy. Did he have diaper butt? I remember his something with the mask looked wrinkly and just poorly done. Like it would. <laughs> slide up and cover your eyes just immediately and you wouldn't be able to fight they didn't have the benefit of the of the materials no that we that we've had since oh i don't know Micro the 60s spandex. unstable molecules thank to dr <laughs> reed or dr richards i mean mm -hmm. all right captain america 1944 uh captain america is a middle-aged district attorney named grant gardner no he's not <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> he's in the serial uh, with no discernible superpowers who puts on a dark leotard with stripes with a star on the front. Yes. Uh, no shield. No. Uh, he's got an A on his forehead, which doesn't stand for France. Uh, the stripes are not flattering for his paunch. The, so, a, the a stands for avion. Ah. Um, no, it doesn't. stands for... Ah! <laughs> so this is 944 I suspect all the the able-bodied guys were doing something else at that point yeah um, so uh, instead of a shield he carries a revolver uh, which turns out to be quite efficient at killing people yeah as opposed to a shield because he gets through like two or three henchmen per episode wow I'm like ten episodes in so and he's killed a busload of people yeah he's killed like two dozen people so he just lights him up just, with a revolver, huh? Yeah. Just thugs trying to make it in this world. Uh, kills four henchmen in the first episode. Kills two or three in each subsequent one. Uh, the villain is the Scarab. Good name. <laughs> the although, Dung Beetle. Because like, uh, I'm usually an, on an exercise bike at the time. I have the auto subtitles on. And they're hilarious. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> they're like roughly correspond to what's actually being said. Yes. And uh, I feel so sorry if 
because people have to rely on subtitles. Oh like, yeah, you know, I news feel news and movies and things are terrible. And they leave uh, if it's like a. I've noticed a comedy. If they talk too fast, they just leave yeah. lines out. Yeah, and you get like punchlines like two minutes down the road. And yeah, and it doesn't match anything. No. Or they they deliver it before the punchline <sighs> and ruins the joke if you are yes. listening and reading. So uh, the so the villain's called the Scarab, but the auto subtitles never call him the Scarab. It's uh, the Scallop, <laughs> <laughs> the Scarer, the Scout, the Scam. Or this carrot. The carrot. <laughs> but my favourite is the scallop. The scallop comes out pretty often. <laughs> and I so wish he was the scallop. Um, anyway, he, he uses a poison gas derived from a rare flower to hypnotise people into revealing their secrets, then committing suicide. Um, the scarab is played by Lionel Atwell. And he's after a new weapon called the Dynamic Vibrator. Wow, <laughs> you you just know Lionel Atwell knew what that was. Oh, yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's just in the first episode. They they, they had this different. So it was during the war, so it wasn't from Hitachi. <laughs> I think by the second episode, someone said, eh, "Why is everyone laughing when we... when we call it?" <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, why don't we go back to my first draft with the atomic dildo? Well, remember, um. <laughs> It can't have been that common knowledge because um, in the 60s, there was a spider villain, John Romita, uh, yes. designed called the Vibrator. And they changed it to the... Sh- the Shocker, yeah. The Shocker. But you look on the original costume and he's got a V on his buckle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone had to tell John Romita, can't have a song called... Um, not in a kid's comic, anyway. Um, anyway... Uh, dynamic vibrator, which is so devastating and top secret that the laboratory is an unguarded apartment in an office block manned by Edward Van Sloan. Um, Captain America slash Grant Gardner is played by Dick Purcell. Oh, okay. Of King of the Zombies fame. Oh. Uh, he died of a heart attack the year the serial came out. That is thunder, isn't it? I think that's a chat. Oh, it could be a jet. Going to the airbase. Yeah, oh. they've been flying over. Yeah, the fighter jets have been doing maneuvers. They get really low over the sea. Yeah, that's true. Um, anyway, uh, standard 20th century superhero. When an urgent situation comes up, he takes a, out a few minutes to change into a costume, which restricts eyesight and movement. Yeah. So he has just as many powers when he's just wearing a suit, in an ordinary suit. That's what you think. But he has to spend time while while the uh, you know the heroine's strapped under a falling guillotine or something, so he can yeah. change into a costume which gives him nothing no but advantage. disadvantages. Uh huh. Um, but this is like what twentieth century superheroes were like up until yeah, like really recently, like this century, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Captain America, enjoying that. Um, watched a couple more Zatoichi movies and a couple of um, Perils Has of Nature movies. Zatoichi gone to space yet? Not yet. Um, so we got to uh, Zatoichi meets the one-armed swordsman. The, right. the, the undersea voyages of Zatoichi. Yes. So we're, we're into the 70s now. So this is uh, 1971, directed by Kimiyoshi Yasuda, who did um, he did a few of these films. He did some of the Yokai series, 
some of the Daimajin series. Um, so this is the third or fourth One-Armed Swordsman film for uh, this Hong Kong, uh, this Taiwanese actor named Wang Yu. Uh, love him. Mm-hmm. So he's like the one-armed swords when he was the one-armed boxer. Mm-hmm. That's where I've seen him is the one-armed yeah, you've boxer. You've seen him in Master of the Flying Guillotine. Mm, yeah. Um, this is the 22nd Zatoichi flick. A uh, bit of a struggle to have Wang Yu and Shintaro Katsu interact because of the language differences. Mm. Uh, as well as combine the relatively realistic Chambara genre, which is the Japanese swordplay genre, with the fantastical uh, wuxia genre, the Hong Kong like a chivalrous oh, okay, warrior yeah. genre where you know, they can defy gravity and leap yeah. over things. Um, and then after that, we, it was uh, Zatoichi at Large from 1972. Is this the one where he gets fat? <laughs> Zatoichi <laughs> is large. Um, <laughs> so this is directed by Katsuo Mori. This is his third and final Zatoichi film. He also worked on the TV series. Uh, this is one's filmed with a lot of tight close-ups, so it feels more like an extended television episode. Uh, ends with Zatoichi fighting against both the law and Yakuza. So he's wow. He's blind, and he has to distinguish between them because he doesn't want to kill one. But he does want to kill But they're all me. trying to get him. And he's also on a, this floor which is covered in oil. And, at one po- and then they set it on fire. Oh. So he catches fire. So he's having a hard time. Yeah. So it would have been a pretty spectacular climax in the earlier bigger budget entries. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty neat. Uh, yeah. So that that was it. Wow, that's that's pretty good. Recently watched. Yeah, I watched just because you brought up Captain America shooting people with a pistol. Uh, I'm watching the uh, Captain Marvel ones. Oh, that, that was a good one. And well, I just think it's funny is that all he does with his superpowers are fly mm-hmm. and jump sometimes. But at least in the first episode, he just mows people down with a Gatling gun. <laughs> You're like, I don't think he helps anybody. He he tells somebody else to go help the people that are going to drive off the bridge or something. It's mm-hmm. just, well, you, you're shirking your duty and you're killing people with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think they just wanted basically the same stuff as gangster flicks, except with costumes. Now, I was, Well, that's what the comics were, basically, you know. Yeah. Um, I was waiting for you to say that uh, that it was astonishingly racist, but um, oh, that's the Batman's the original Batman series. Yeah, yeah. the but, first but Batman this, series is. But this not so bad. Um, Captain America one is racist in that there's only white people in it. Okay, that's but it it doesn't go out of its way to say disparaging things about other races. Not till the fourth reel. <laughs> then it's just blue material from Captain America for 20 minutes. And he tells some really, really, really racist jokes. <laughs> that would get you probably killed nowadays. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, some of the uh, the jungle adventure ones are just unbearable. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly where people are being cooked in pots. You know, oh, and some white lady it's shows just, up and becomes a like queen. All the, all the natives are obviously like guys they rounded up off the streets of L.A. and stuck in grass skirts. And yeah, and I feel told, bad. As they a, have to say things like "mbungu bungu" and yeah, and uh, and and be subservient to these idiots in pith helmets. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that was a long stretch of Hollywood right there. Long stretch of fiction in general. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So for me... Somebody should write, rewrite Robinson Crusoe from Friday's point of view. <laughs> he just came cool. having to rescue this dumbass. <laughs> He's getting all religious and shit. Just... Let's build a boat and go already. <laughs> right? It's not that hard to build a boat. Let's do it. And he calls him something like, you know, stupid head or something. That's his <laughs> yeah, name. Yeah, he doesn't realize what it means. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Fucking I, white man. <laughs> well, speaking of race, this, this, I... Uh, my people say this word and it means great white man. Yeah. <laughs> Pendejo. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a loose translation. <laughs> Well, speaking of race, I watched the 1972 classic Blackula. Oh, yeah. Um, I really didn't know, because I hadn't opened the email newsletters, but I didn't know it was playing on Sven Gulli. I thought, oh, I'm right on time. Sven Gulli's on. And, uh, hey, it's Blackula. And I watched, I usually watch this about every year, year and a half. Um, so it was nice to see it again. Uh with some of the little, you know, trivia and humor bits that Sven Gulli puts in between, but um, very little humor bits. <laughs> well, yeah, if I almost gonna, dad no jokes, humor. Yeah, if you want to call it what it is, they're total dad jokes. But uh, yeah, the, um, I did not know that uh, William Marshall kind of insisted. Uh, I don't know if it was with director William Crane or if it was. Uh, one of the producers, Zarkov, or one of the guys, but he insisted on giving... Zarkov. Zarkov. <laughs> Count Zarkov. <clears throat> um, but he insisted that the character not be some sort of black exploitation caricature. He said, let's give him a proper backstory. And, and you know, William Marshall's a, a Shakespearean-trained yeah, actor. He's great. He knows what he's doing. He's very capable <clears throat> don't give him something silly to do. Give him something cool to do. And that's what he asked for. They gave it to him. Mm -hmm. They're like, you know, he's this ancient figure that uh, was turned by Dracula, the count, the original Count Dracula. And uh, he's in... Not um, that new Count Dracula. Yeah. You know, they don't know what it's like, these new counts. But, um, yeah, he's... Uh, what city? Is he supposed to be in L.A.? Where is he? I'm trying to remember. He's in Los Angeles. Yeah. Because it's a... You see Watts. Yeah, that's right. I was going to say it's either New York or Los Angeles. And I, it's been a week since I watched it. But um, it's always kind of cool to see, you know, some of the location shots. Or, um, <clears throat> yeah, location shots. Yeah. If, if you had asked me story-wise, I would have said New York. But movie budget-wise, I would have said L.A. Yeah, they're not traveling to New York. For <laughs> they're this. not going to shoot any New York bits. They may say it's New York, but they're shooting it in L.A. or thereabouts. Yeah, they'll <clears throat> wait for an overcast day and shoot in an alley somewhere. Shoot, yeah, shoot. throw some water. You spray some water down there. Yeah, yeah. There it goes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, it was nice to revisit this one. And uh, <clears throat> like I said, like I said, you know, there's a little. Uh, a little more trivia and some dad jokes from Sven Gulli, but it's still fun. Yeah. You know, watching this one. Um, Does he show good prints? Yeah. Yeah. Usually they're, they're in pretty good shape. We have some rain coming down. Is that rain? Oh, that is rain. Yes. Not the sprinkler? No, that's rain. <laughs> it's God's sprinkler. 
Yeah. So uh, let's see. Aside from uh, aside from uh, Blackula, I watched another rewatch, Fright Night, mm-hmm. and it was on Tubi. I was scrolling through Tubi, looking at the horror movies, and it's like, you know what? I had a bunch of uh, I was getting ready to do a, con- a um, horror con. And I had a bunch of prints to sleeve, and I did. I wanted to put something on that I didn't have to keep turning around and looking at, or sit down and pay attention to. It's like Fright Night. I've seen this a hundred mm-hmm. times. So uh, my background watched Fright Night, and actually sat down and watched several of so my favorite did it scenes. Turn out that werewolves are stronger than vampires, or <laughs> yeah. Did you know a werewolf could kill a vampire? <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta kill him in the heart. Just gotta remember that. Kill him in the heart. Uh, yeah, um, you, you, the cast, I mean, you, you know, you've got newcomer, well, several newcomers, but you've got William Ragsdale, Amanda Beers, um, Stephen Jeffries, um, but you got Chris Sarandon, Roddy McDowell, um, whoever it was that played the mom, uh, and, uh, the weird... D. Wallace? It should have been D. Wallace. It was probably. She's not the mom in every horror movie. Yes, she is. <laughs> Whether she is or she is. If she's isn't. not okay. available, they'll get someone else, but she always gets the first pick. Yeah, she turned it down, I think, is what happened. But uh, She was the mom in something else that week. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, Chris Sarandon just sells it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and... Uh, the one weird thing about this, um, what the hell is Billy Cole? I don't, and I think they asked him this in a documentary, uh, the the manservant of uh, Jerry Dandridge. Isn't he just a manservant? No, he's got some weird. He doesn't he doesn't he have some kind of weird powers and does he rap in the middle of the movie? He shot his weird power. <laughs> Because I think I just made a great sequel. <laughs> <laughs> or destroyed the whole franchise. One of the two. Right. Um, but yeah, this was written and directed by Tom Holland. And he just wanted to give everybody kind of the, the warm, fuzzy favorite uh, old horror movie, like you know, horror host kind of a feel with Peter Vincent. And he wanted to also give you some proper scares and some real gore. And it delivers all that. So that was really fun. Um, and for this episode, I think that was, yeah, that's, that's about all I've watched since last time. There's a 4K edition of Wicker Man <clears throat> coming out. Oh, hell yeah. That, you know, May the 1st, it, um, the uh, uh, Morricone Island, which is the, well, the soundtrack show on WFMU. Mm-hmm. So they did uh, Wicker Man. Oh. Because it, there's never been like a complete soundtrack. It's been like they've concentrated on one thing or another. Yeah. And uh, so it, it was just selection. It was just a whole hour of nice. Wicker Man soundtrack stuff. It's great. Yeah. So look for that. That's out there. Oh, cool. Um, there was a steel book too, and I can't remember. And there's, uh, a, there's, there's a, a new edition of um, Messiah of Evil coming out later ooh. this year. Looking forward to that. I've got that nice. in order. Very nice. Yes. Uh, Bo is Afraid. Bo, yeah, Bo is Afraid. Uh, yeah. Aria Astor's latest pick is already out of the box office, out of the theaters. 
Uh, yeah, so it should I've, be I've coming not seen to stream. Anything of that? I just saw some picture of it. Online, I saw a picture of it. it. I know there was a trailer, but I refused to watch it. Um, <laughs> probably it's ruined the movie. Three hours long. Mm-hmm. What? So I think that probably hurt. Um, yeah, and they say it's pretty out there. So at times, it's worth watching something you know at least once to give it a shot. You know, it's you... like Infinity Pool. It came and went. Before like, I could there's even. There's been a lot of that, like horror movies <clears throat> this year. Just. I think there's probably a stipulation in the contract somewhere that has to open in the theater. Mm. But what they're really aiming for is putting it on streaming. Yeah, yeah. But some, you know, actors are like, no, I, I have to be seen up there because if you're not shown in a theater, you're not eligible for Oscars or other awards uh, and yeah. stuff, you know. And if you just put down streaming movie that you know yeah. loses some prestige yeah it lacks a little of the legitimacy i guess yes but thank or hopefully uh Bo is afraid is out soon i hmm. hope so so we watched mill of the stone women did you watch it i did all right so mill of the stone women we watched it um it was a movie. Yeah, this was a movie that Jolien said, oh, it's got windmills in it. You should watch this one, too. And uh, this one... Um, Windmill-related horror is the theme of the month. Well, yeah. I, I mentioned it for some reason, and Richard expressed interest, so I lent it to him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what... And then he chose it. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. you, you said, I, I suggested it to you, two weeks ago and you've not watched it so (laughs) he was like okay i I i'll pick it then yeah well this is this is a good thing though because this is a 1960 italian horror movie that um i see i'm not familiar with this director giorgio ferroni Mm -hmm. um i guess i could click on his name and see what else he directed this is his his great one um he did a bunch of westerns under a different name oh okay so he he uh, he was Calvin Jackson Paget. Did a bunch of westerns in the sixties. Yeah, that that's a really Italian sounding name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so he um, so he did what was known as spaghetti westerns, or were they just westerns? They're Italian westerns. Yeah. Well, I think it's d- d- seen as derogatory now to call them spaghetti it? westerns. But is it really? That's yeah. what I grew up with, but yeah. I mean, it's like saying, uh, like, uh, Cosmetia is kraut rock. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, don't say that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Didn't know it was a uh, kind of a slur now. That's okay, then. Yeah. I typically refer to Italian movies as Italian movies, not any, you know, food-related thing. But they were known as that for, you know, I think, I think it was the dad's generation. Yeah, I don't remember who came up with that, but yeah, someone in Hollywood, no doubt. Probably somebody who wasn't getting so much work, who was a little miffed. <laughs> Maybe. So this is about a writer who um, goes to a, re- a remote island in Holland to research a story about a mill of the stone women, uh, which contains a carousel of uh, female statues. He's writing a monograph or monograph of the artist the sculptor who lives there yeah and as we learned a monograph is a book on a single subject yes and nothing else yeah so some sort of the 
uh, the centennial of the erection of the windmill. Yeah. So it's a hundred-year-old windmill that uh, used to be a windmill. Now it just drives a little amusement park of... Basically a giant music box. Yeah, Yeah. of dead women. Mm -hmm. But we don't know that yet. Well, yeah. I mean, unless you've seen a movie. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, You realize something's up real quick. Hmm. What can I run through here that there's possibilities? What could, what could possibly happen? Uh, there are dead women in the statue. He's killing women somehow. Seems to have issues with them right off the bat. Yeah, the, you, you know things are not on the level at this windmill museum amusement. So, what would you even call this? Attraction. Yes, it's an attraction. It's a... Uh, it's kind of like a roadside attraction, but it's more it's of a... It's a riverside attraction. Is it a canal or a river? Okay, maybe it's a canal yeah, side and, attraction. And yeah, you have to take out a, a ferry to go there. You know, it's quite a draw. Yeah. Yeah, and did you guys notice when you watched this that a couple of these uh, stubborn old guys are still wearing the wooden shoes? No, I didn't notice. Well, I watched the movie twice because, you know, I, I was like, surely there are things I've missed when I'm reading the subtitles. So I want to be able to dart my eyes around the screen a little more. And, uh, one of the first things that happens when the boat pulls up is there's one guy, I think who's pulling the rope in to dock the boat. And then someone else nearby wooden shoes. Holy crap. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Now when we were working at the art supply store, I I don't know if you guys were still there or not, but there were some, uh, bikers that came in and they were like rough looking bikers. And they had a couple of dudes. You mean motorcycle bikers or bicycle bikers? Not, not the spandex kind, the leather kind. That <clears throat> didn't answer my question. Oh, okay. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the ones with motors on them. Uh, hopefully that narrowed it down. Um, on the people? The people have the motors? The motorized What the hell people. are you talking about? <laughs> well, they weren't really motorized. They were just, you know, flapping their lips. Now, there was a group of bikers came in, the kind with leather jackets, and... They had a couple of dudes from Holland that were just like bikers that made a trip to America. And they were wearing their wooden shoes, like just just to add an extra layer of weirdness and badassness to them. <laughs> so that was strange. I imagine they make thick socks. Oh, I hope they do. Could you imagine the bummer no. it would be like, all right, well, we're going to go out to the club or whatever, and you put on your wooden shoes, and then one of them splits, and just hopping around with one shoe. Yeah. I mean, do they... But if you want to throw a shoe at a politician, oh, it's yeah. better than a wooden shoe. Yeah, they're slightly pointed. Yeah. So, yeah, if you land it just right. Anyway, so, yeah, there's wooden shoes in this. There's a... A weird windmill. Um, I'm just thinking, uh, you know, you're checking all the boxes. You know, there's there's some traditional music. Well, no, it's modern music, but there's music. There's drinking. Okay. Color and lighting schemes based on Rembrandt. Yeah, there's a Rembrandt in the on the wall just, at some just point. Just to keep it all Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, is that a Rembrandt or did he do, a, you know, his own copy? <laughs> from his student days or something he still held on to it like i wondered that the the sculptor in this uh professor wall uh 
is uh you you see a study he has of one of the victims he appears to be a pretty good sculptor so uh he's it's just convenience that his daughter it's just a convenience to hide the bodies that he's using to keep his daughters <laughs> I mean, he could sculpt these himself mm-hmm. but he's like mm, i gotta cover up all my murders so I'll turn yeah. him into sculptures and he and he gives them something that turns them to stone basically yeah so he's calcifying them or something uh movie yeah, they yeah they really don't go out of their way to you know give you science on this. They're no. like they're like, hey, it's a movie. Just you know, it's an Italian horror movie. Yeah, yeah, go with it. This is probably the most mundane Italian horror movie you'll see. You know, that very could well, have all happened. <laughs> just about. I was gonna say that that all very well could be true because um, you see some pretty outlandish stuff happen in Italian horror movies. This is very early on. Yeah, I, this is yeah. like one of the very first color ones. It, yeah, I was it, surprised it was color and it's pretty eye popping. Nineteen sixty, the color is pretty eye popping. Yeah, and the print was really nice looking. I think the, the first out. one was the previous year. Um, oh, Uncle was a vampire. It was the first color one? Oh, okay. Well, how cool. So, um, yeah, I don't know too much about the director or the cast. And by not know too much, I mean I know nothing about the director or the uh, cast. Well, Dr. Lauren Bolum is played by Wolf, Wolfgang Price, who is a really familiar face. If you watch uh, war movies especially, he's a German officer and a whole bunch of them. I can see that. Uh, he was in um, The Train, okay. et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think he was in The Longest Day, <clears throat> Bridge Too Far. Yeah. yeah tons, of, tons of war movies. Um, and in Germany, he was famous for playing Dr. Mabusa in the 60s. Okay. He's Dr. Mabusa five times. Mm. Oh, wow. Starting with um, The Thousand Eyes of Dr. Mabusa in 1960. All right. wonder if those are on Tubi. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. They got pretty much everything there, don't they? Yeah. So we um, we have this kind of typical storyline where this uh, naive doofus shows up and uh, sticks his nose where it doesn't belong and figures some things out, and then they have to uh, deal with him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of I don't uh, think he stuck his nose where it didn't belong. I think his nose was stuck. <laughs> was directed to where it didn't belong. Yeah, because he didn't, you know, try to uncover anything. Uh, it just the girl sent him a note and was like. I guess that's true. Or no, she, she came and directly told him. Yeah. Um, so Elfie uh, comes out of nowhere, and he, of course, falls for her right away because she's gorgeous and charming and and has a small dog. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's just that a, doesn't bark at strangers. Really weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> it made me wonder what was that dog because it wasn't a normal dog. No, it was a puppet. So the, she was, um, Elfie was played by um, Celia Gable, or Gabelle. Um, don't know too much about her, but... Uh, Gabelle, yeah, I've, I only remember her from uh, Modesty Plays. Oh, okay. If we're to believe Wikipedia, she was in 50 films and multiple television programs between 1954 and 1988. Well, well wow. all right. So this this wasn't... It for her. She kept going. Um, yeah. So the the um, the set 
is fairly convincing. I, I started wondering if it was an actual uh, location and not a set because the gears appeared to be real and moving uh, inside the windmill. Um, but then when they would show like the establishing shot of the windmill, sometimes it looked like a model because it, it was certainly was. I think that was more because they burned it at the end. Yeah. And they needed a model. I. They may have also, you know, the actual windmill they're in, if they were, was outside to not look good. It looked too modern. It was too crowded. It's too busy. Could have been anything. So, yeah, build a model. There were some shots of, of a windmill that, that were real. Yeah. But then the model was pretty obvious and that... Like you, I immediately thought, well, this is going to get blown up, burned, or, yeah. you know, crushed by a flood. You can't build a model and not blow it up. <laughs> it's, it's just Chekhov's model. Yeah, exactly. If you introduce it anywhere in the film, it's going it's to be... It's going to be destroyed. Yeah. Castle's not necessarily the same case, but, you know... It's only a model. Yeah. So, uh, this is... This has got some similarities to uh, Eyes Without a Face, doesn't it? Yes. Um, and this was the same year as, wasn't it? The year after. Or the year after, was it? Yeah. yeah. Was Eyes Without a Face 59? Like 50s, yeah. 50 okay. 59. Yeah, this is 1960, so I have to wonder, uh, was it coincidence, do you think? I doubt it. <laughs> but this is like a very... Uh, this one... Um, it's kind of a tribute to Hammer movies. Yeah. And yeah. it's really in the gothic mold. Yeah. yeah. It's very gothic. So, it, you know, it's a familiar story. Yeah. It, it, um, for, for being a story that didn't have a whole lot of, um, well, what's the best way to say it? Give them a second. Sorry, my demons are acting up. Right. Um, <laughs> I forgot to take a pill. There's, 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 an, there's not a lot of peril in this movie, but there still ends up being a lot of killing, or at, at least evidence of previous kills. Yeah, they've killed quite a few people. Yeah. So the, everything we think is stone or a wax dummy can actually be a corpse. Yeah. In gothic uh, horror, it's, the threat is more to your mind than your, your soul. They're going to drive you than, mad. Than, yeah. than racking up a body count. Yeah, that that certainly seems to be the case here. Because we are getting more of the psychological twists and turns than we are the threat that someone's going to come and stab you or mm-hmm. choke you or yeah. shove you off the windmill or whatever. Um. Did this work for you, Will? Because I know you like Italian horror movies. Yeah, I like this one. Cool. It was uh, more gothic than than most, you know. Yeah. But um, I was sure somebody was going to get ground up in the gears. Uh, At well, the end, they talked about, you know, watch out with that. Not for sure that brake was going to break. Yep. And uh, give way, maybe we should say. They don't use brake after brake. Uh, uh, yeah, so I thought for sure somebody was going to get caught between those. I learned in this movie, no matter how mad your contractor makes you, don't kill him before the job is done, done. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah, that... Sure, he's, 
you know, four months over and, you know, several thousand dollars over as well. But uh, don't kill him till it's finished. Yeah, then when you do kill him, you don't have to pay him the rest. Yeah, yeah exactly. Jolien, uh, when's the first time you watched this one? Ooh. I know, I must have seen a... I remember the first time I saw it, it was pretty fuzzy. Yeah, I can imagine this being... <laughs> so it must have been on video. Yeah, a lot of these movies, they, they went into obscurity to the point where nobody was probably tending to keeping a good copy available or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I could probably um, take a quick look here and see. Uh, yeah, this... Um, Arrow released this on a two-disc limited edition Blu-ray on um, December of 2021. What was the one I lent you? I think it might have been Arrow. Did you buy this recently? Or a while ago? Yeah, I think this came from Arrow. Yeah, it's probably that same one. But, uh, yeah, this... Um, it doesn't say here um, much other than... It's got the um, exclusive footage added in, and um, yeah, there's different versions because um, this is probably the first Italian movie to have nudity. Like, there's a bad nipple at one point. Oh boy, that's really it, right? I think that the was the, it. the nip slip. Was, yeah, was was it? Yeah. This 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 came out in August of 1960, right? Mm-hmm. In Italy, same month. You have uh, this one, you have Black Sunday, okay, and you have Sedok, uh, which became Atom Age Vampire. Oh, okay. So all in August 1960. Wow. That is crazy. Pretty heady month. What yeah. happened the year before, I wonder? Yeah. I mean, Italians only just got back into horror movies. Yeah. With, like, Ivan Period. That was, what was that, 57? I don't remember. Like, sort of the post- Mussolini yeah. freedom to do horror movies again. Yeah. And, yeah. and like Hammer has this big success. So, so like countries around the world are getting into horror now. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, Bava did Black Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Barbara Steele, big career ahead of her at this point. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the uh, you see some of the bedrooms set in Black Sunday is in. In this one? Yeah. Middle of the Stone Women. Oh, that's funny. So, yeah, what was the, uh, let's see, the studio. It doesn't say anything on this webpage about the studio. It's probably shot at Ginichita, the interiors anyway. Yeah. And the locations in, because this was like a French co-production as well, and it's got like German actors and stuff, so it's quite, yeah. a, quite a mix. Yeah, I was going to say felt, uh, you know, diverse, because you have Germans and... German characters. It's in Holland. It's yeah. made in Italy. Uh, yeah. Dutch shoes. Dutch shoes. <laughs> Canals. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the um, the movie, as I was reading it the first time, more than watching it, uh, wasn't easy for me to decipher what what are these two guys who are involved with the windmill. What are they up to, and why do they care about this guy who just showed up? I mean, they could just kind of shine him on and let him leave, but what do they want from him? You know, and I'm trying to figure this out as we're going, 
and uh, and how is he seeing ghostly stuff happening with Elfie? Mm-hmm. And I think that turns out it's strictly hallucinations from the drugs. Uh-huh. So they dosed him. Yeah. They're like, here, this will make you relax. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I noticed that. He just there. carries it around a pill tin with tranquili- tranquilizers. Here, here, I'll give you these. Yeah. He feels his pockets beforehand and then reaches in his watch pocket and pulls it out a little tan. But yeah. he was a doctor, a disgraced doctor, but. And he went so far as to put a wax dummy of Elfie in a tomb to convince him that she was dead. It was like a really elaborate ruse. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much in, in Italian gothics of crossover between sex and death. Yeah. And this was before, uh, you know, the characters would have had television. So you could really get into your ruses. Oh, yeah. You really set them up. You know, you're not binge watching Netflix. You're, you're plotting wax dummies and crypts and sneaking around in the night. Um, I watched this last night, and uh, at some point they had uh, Annalore uh-huh. on the bed. And I was like, did I fall asleep? Did I miss something? Because I didn't, I didn't know how they got her. It's just not revealed. So I was like, I'm going to bed. I'll have to watch this later. Because I didn't feel like I'd fallen asleep, but I felt like there was some bit of the movie missing. And then I watched it again today and was like, no, that was... She just... They just have her. I didn't miss anything. Yeah, poof, she's captured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I guess they probably felt like, well, you know... This thing could be around ninety minutes, or it could end up being two hours. Yeah, they said they will figure. They'll figure it out. Yeah, they gotta, might go how they'd get her, and then you don't care. You gotta Five trust your audience later. is smart enough, which yeah. which they did. Um, so, uh, what what to you, Jolian, defines a gothic horror movie? What are the elements that make it such? Um, it's usually, there's something from the past, usually upper class is okay. the threat and someone's drawn into it or unable to escape from it in some way. So there's, there's some tradition, some curse, some, some painting that's got a some ghost attached. that your grandfather did yeah, or some. Visually it's like old buildings and old, you know, it's old stuff is graveyards and old forests and stormy nights yeah you know hidden first wives that may or may not be yeah dead. there's something something <sighs> twisted going on you know, sexually and you know in, in the in the family line is yeah secret passages always help out and, yeah and the rich people's important you know because it's always some Upper class people have really twisted. Yeah. <laughs> so in novels, it's normally there's some some rich dude who draws the woman in. Uh-huh. And she has to flee the house when it just has one lit window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At some point. Um, Run through the rainy forest to the graveyard while it's raining. Uh-huh. Another thing this, this film does is a... Um, one of the original, um, in fact, the first novel to call itself gothic mm-hmm. um, was uh, The Castle of Otranto. 
Oh, okay. Which is this 1764 novel by Horace Walpole. Okay. And uh, so that 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 novel back even back then it was saying it was based on older texts. So Horace Walpole claimed that it was based on a translation of an old Italian manuscript. Oh, nice. So even with the original Gothics, they were making stuff up, but attributions. That's and so cool. This movie does the same thing. It says it's based on um, uh, Peter van Wegen's Flemish tales. No such thing. Yeah. No such person. <laughs> oh, oh, that's, that's great. Funny. So, yeah, it's Gothic yeah. to the roots. So this is... Um... Yeah, like you said, the first Italian horror film to be shot in color. Um, After Uncle Was a Vampire. Oh, yeah. Uh, Let's see, I'm looking to... You're my second primary. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I'm looking to see what the budget was. I don't see anything for budget, but it made 164 million lira. (laughs) (laughs) It's about $78, I believe. Yeah, it. Um, Will, were you happy that it was right around ninety minutes? Yeah, I did not watch four minutes of it, yeah. or no, six minutes of it. I'm sorry, it was yeah, ninety six minutes. minutes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know what happened at the end. I imagine the windmill burned. <laughs> yeah, the young couple made it out. They watched it burn. Movie ended. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. No, it was fine, 96 minutes. I, I suffered through those six minutes. Oh, God, when is this going to end? Six minutes. Six minutes. They could have cut something. I didn't need to see them in sculpture class, life drawing class that long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, life drawing class always uh, seems like it might be a little sexier than it ends up being. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I've told this story before, but my first life drawing class uh, was like eight in the morning. So I'm walking in a building I've never been in before. So I'm trying to find the classroom and I see a guy with a tweed jacket on with leather patches on his elbows. And I thought, there's a professor. And we walked in the room together and I got busy setting my easel up or whatever. And I turn, and the man has taken his pants off. And he's just got this... That's pretty presumptuous. Yeah, just this <laughs> shirt on, you know, button-up shirt and no pants, flapping in the wind. Jeez. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess he's not the professor, I hope. <laughs> no, he was just the model. And then I ran into one of the models at the art supply store. Oh. And they recognized me. It was, it was so confusing. It was like, where do I know this guy from? Why do I know him naked? <laughs> what's going on <laughs> did he go to the health club i went to right. goes, oh, you're in art class I was like, oh you're the model uh, you're that guy um yeah this uh this studio or whatever it is where all the sculptures are all kind of placed about and hanging and on platforms and everything that not the ones that were on the carousel but uh it looks like you got a lot of time on your hands. You're doing a lot of sculptures. And uh, I, always, I always look at like subtractive sculpt, sculpting, especially you mm-hmm. know, where you chisel away at a block of something as being like such a process that things can go wrong and ruin the whole sculpture. Additive process, 
definitely a lot, you know, a lot more forgiving. But uh, when I see a studio like that, I think, how many of these are sitting around because they took a little too much off? You know, yeah. it's like the, the 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 tricep is too skinny and the arm just isn't going to work right. Yeah. Wasn't Michelangelo's David? Wasn't that a challenge because they gave him a faulty? Yeah, they gave him. <clears throat> yeah, it was. Uh, it had a flaw in it. Nobody wanted it. Yeah, and it had kicked around for, I don't remember, eighty, a hundred years or something in this you know, marble quarry and, and they gave it to him. I don't know yeah. if it was kind of a, oh yeah, let's see how good you are or uh hey, I need a piece of marble. You got anything cheap in the back? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and they, didn't they do a weird, like he was such a genius, he could skew perspective on things. Didn't he do a weird perspective because of where it was supposed to be displayed? You'd be looking up at it. Uh-huh, Yeah. So like the hands are a little big, yeah, 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 things like that. Yeah, yeah, genius, genius. Yeah. Yeah, you go in that gallery, and the, there's like these uh, unfinished ones on either side with the, the, like human forms coming out of blocks of raw stone. Oh, That's so cool, man! That's fantastic. Yeah, um, I mean it's pornographic and should be banned. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. knew what you meant. Yeah, the thumb-sized yeah. penis is very offensive. Yeah, Renaissance uh, painters and sculptors are grooming kids in the 21st century. Yeah. Time pedos. Yep, it's a, it's the long con that they're up to. But yeah, if you, um, if you look at uh, the proportions on the Pieta, that's just crazy. Like, if Mary were to stand up, you know, she'd be like seven feet tall and... You know, Jesus would be like five six or something. I don't know. I'm just throwing those out there, but but uh, yeah. But in order to make it look right, otherwise yeah. she'd be struggling to hold him. Yeah. So it really works visually, but if you start measuring stuff, it's it, gorgeous. It falls apart. <laughs> yeah. Should, uh, when I went, it was like behind bulletproof glass. Someone, wow. Someone had attacked it. So couldn't How could you attack that see statue? It. Yeah. People it's are... been on every comic book cover the last <laughs> 50 years. Yeah. Every series has had a Pieta cover. Yeah, it's it, it's like uh, you know, people are frustrated because they have no talent. They want to destroy other people's stuff. It's just weird. But it's because my neighbor's dog told me to do it. Right? <laughs> it's nothing crazy or com- no. convoluted. I want to save the environment by making people use expensive solvents and things to save paintings yeah i don't get that one yeah. at all yeah that'll fix it's not like oil paint is petroleum i no. mean it, it's not the same oil we're burning in machines yeah but it's from linseed what not so did they finally reveal that's why they were attacking paintings yeah, it was some it was some oil anti oil message, but I don't know why they chose oil paintings unless they it's dumb. They got confused and they thought oil paintings were somehow well, if you wanna, I don't know. If you want to call it what it is, I think it was more they're stupid and naive. More yeah. why are we why do you spend so much money protecting this painting when we're destroying the environment? Yeah, now we're gonna have to spend even more toxic materials and money protecting it because it's like you. 
Yeah. Not you, Will. No. I, well, <laughs> I am an idiot, but <laughs> I didn't think I was in that group of idiots. No. no, that's a different subset of idiot. Yeah, they should they should be attacking idiots fighting things. Um, they should be attacking something else, not art. It's one of the few things we have in this world that uh, that really take better care of us than we take care of it. I guess. Wise words, Richard. Thank you. I mean, you can get so much from art just by sitting and looking at it. Mm -hmm. And then you think, fuck Mummy 2017. It's also (laughs) art somewhere. Someone spent hundreds of millions on this. Yeah. (laughs) No, I, I didn't mean, you know, art that's garbage. I mean, you know. You know, I, I was thinking today that I need a movie like that. I have not had a movie in a while that I could just absolutely hate and really lean in on. I talked to a guy about that movie this this past weekend at the convention. Yeah. He said there's a whole group of Universal Monster fans that were included in on a screening and a talk from the director and... Tom Cruise was even there, and so they have some uh, uh, unreasonable affinity for it now. Um, some uh, uh, whatever, you know. But uh, and I said, well, just between me and you, though, the, the movie's garbage, right? And he's like, well, yeah, it sucks. It's terrible. Well, it's like people now, and I think this is mainly because the latest Star Wars sequels, but people are looking at the prequels as being good movies. What? Like, no. No, they're not. No. Madness. Total madness. Besides, there were no Star Wars prequels. We all know it ended after Empire. Yeah. They never made Return of the Jedi because George Lucas was killed in a car wreck. <laughs> yeah. And they and some guy named Billy Shears replaced him. That's right. Yes. <clears throat> And now the fake George Lucas has been alive longer than the real George Lucas was alive. Yeah. And and they've put secret messages in all his other movies. Like if you watch Howard the Duck. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, as one might expect, this movie uh, um, goes through all of those tropes that we talked about where, um, you know, the gothic things happen. There's no graveyard or forest or anything, but... There's a yeah. graveyard. Was there a graveyard? Yeah. They go to the tomb to oh, find the wax dummy. Duh. I was thinking more of women running through graveyards. When they meet the ferryman, he points them to the uh, windmill beyond the cemetery. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's just like, no, this isn't it right here. It's down there. And I'm thinking, well, why didn't you park the boat down there to start with? Well, they didn't give him his gold coins, did they? Yeah, they didn't yeah. pay the ferryman to get him to the other side. There's a different company that handles boats from the main dock to the little dock down the way. You have to get a transfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we got uh, we got all the all the uh, imagery and all the tropes and everything, and a burning windmill at the end with yep. uh, melting uh, corpse wax women, stone mm. women. Always good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a scene in this when he puts a rubber mask on uh, Anna Laura uh-huh. and it is super creepy and it reminds me of a I think in 1920 early 20s in Florida someone stole a girl's corpse and lived with it for like 15 years or something Ugh. and had a rubber mask on and Look it up on the internet if you want nightmares. 
some freaky stuff. He saw her once. I think he was her dentist and fell in love with her. And then she died. And he was so heartbroken. I mean, I think he only saw her maybe once. Wow. But he was a nut. And so he stole her body and preserved it. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> There's a horror movie. I was going to say, that's more horrifying than anything that happened in this one. It's what it reminded me of, though. It's like, oh, yuck. Yeah, you don't have to dig too deeply into the real world. You know, you can you can just scratch the surface and find some crazy, crazy stuff. It's all above ground now, right? Yeah. We've pulled all the crazy <clears throat> up. Is there still more? <laughs> oh, I hope not. Man, yeah, I would hope there's not. Um, yeah, so uh, we got the drugged guy that thinks he's losing it. And we've got... Uh, Stone women that aren't really stone, wax women that aren't really wax, just a bunch of corpses. And yeah. A dude that's doing the uh, eyes without a face treatment to keep his daughter alive. Mm-hmm. Um, does he seem a little too attracted to his daughter? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's gothic. <laughs> yeah, like he's pretty jealous about anyone else being interested in her. Yeah. Yeah. And he says something. Doesn't she say something like that? Or one of them says, I had the same disease her mother had or something. So uh, I think there was some transference there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah does he re- Yeah, re- and he leers at her in one scene when she's in a nightgown a little too long. Not that you should leer at your own daughter at any length of time, but under 15 seconds. Yeah. We'll give you a pass. Yeah. <laughs> any longer than that, you get elected president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all our rulers will soon be into incest just to keep it all the power in one family oh yeah that makes sense yeah that's what I grew up with (laughs) yeah right (laughs) Uh, just spent you know trillion pounds or something to put Chuck on the throne Chuck 3 Chuck 3 the Dechuckening? I don't know. Maybe that was Chuck too, probably. Yeah, he got dechuckened. Yeah, this is the rechuckening. So, what was the magic elixir that was in the dude's pocket um, when when uh, he had he had developed that serum with uh, Lisa Lottie's blood? Okay, because she had the same blood type as Elfie. Okay, and uh, I thought he was giving it to her. Because he was hoping to pit Doctor or Professor Walls with Hans uh, for Lisa Lati, but that didn't pay off. It was just his normal evilness. Although after the end, he was like, "Yeah, I'm okay. I'm done. Yeah, had when, enough. Give me your daughter." <laughs> yeah, when uh, when uh, Bolum uh, collapsed. Uh, the vial shattered and it was no longer and he's the only one that knew how to make it so uh, I feel like that happens in movies a fair amount too yeah Captain America oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> even in even in the it Captain is. America Cap- serial no but Captain oh. America's origin the, the doctor's <laughs> killed before he can make more super soldier serum oh okay serum. I thought we were talking about the 1945 no okay no. talking about the 1940 Captain America comic mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So Gregorius uh, sets fire to the mill because he's pissed off that his uh, daughter's dead. Mm -hmm. And uh, everyone else escapes. So, cool. Yeah. Uh, we see the melting, burning wax um, corpse figures. Did any of you remember Body World? Oh, it remind me of Body World too. Uh, yeah, I've quoted you on this several times when other people have brought it up. Yeah, that uh, you said that uh, never before had you been simultaneously bored and grossed out. Yeah, yeah, I was horrified and just totally bored. Yeah, <laughs> it was a weird sensation. For it's, listeners who aren't familiar, like you, you, you've been in a serial killer's house before a couple times, and by the fourth one, you're like, eh, whatever. Yeah. So it was that, I don't know, it was something about the, the mundane poses they were in, uh, mixed with the fact that they were actual people. Just and they were Your mind doesn't want to hold those two thoughts together. And they were likely, from what we understood, Chinese prisoners, prisoners who'd been just like, did they die naturally or were they executed? Uh, I think everybody dies naturally in China, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> Live to the ripe old age of 22, and, you know. Yeah. So, they plasticize them? I don't uh -huh. know. Yeah. I don't even know if they know what that means. They dehydrate them and then coat them in plastic? They fill their veins and vessels with, like, an epoxy, I think. While they're alive. That hardens. <laughs> Cacking yeah. all the time. That's why they're all screaming. Chuck Connors <laughs> sticks you on a table and he puts plaster of Paris on your face till your yes. heart explodes. So pretty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else about this one before we do the recommends? No. Okay. At least Julian? I don't think no. No? We've said kind of all we can say about it. Uh, do you recommend it, Julian? Yes. Well, obviously you did. I mean, you're, you're like, hey, watch this and. Um, Will, how about you? No, no. no. Uh, there's probably a new Annabelle movie out or something yeah. this week. You just go ahead. Maybe Mithrig Stick with that. Mithrigan 2, Matugan? Yes. Uh, <laughs> there's something that won't take any turns. You know, you'll know where it's going all the time. It won't have characters you have to worry about at all. Yeah. They're just names and placeholders. Hey, it makes sense. So we've got the guy. Yeah, rational. The, the, uh, it's all explained, even if it's, you know, nonsense. They will break it all down for you so you know exactly what trauma caused, you know, a uh, crazy-eyed killer or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. So, hey, you got this. And it will be something boring. It won't be some weird psychosexual thing with their mother that, <laughs> that it should be. Yeah. <laughs> So we've got the actor who played Nick in uh, The New Girl, okay, this TV series. Um, he's going to be opposite Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise wants his character to be called Nick. <laughs> See, opposite of the guy who everyone knows is Nick. Yeah. So that's really cool. Uh, yeah, I recommend this one. Um, I think it's it's gorgeous looking. Uh, the story is engaging enough to keep you going. Uh, yeah, it moves pretty quick. Yeah. It doesn't bog down at any point. No, it, it has a few quiet moments that aren't that quiet or that long. So, yeah, it, it was... Uh, if, you, if you feel it's a, a fun, cozy thing to watch an old movie, um, this one's a little uncomfortable in places, which is kind of nice. 
It's part of it part of what be. makes it part of what makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, I wasn't I aware. Have, of, there's one complaint: they did not show enough uh, food when they went to the bar. They had pretzels hanging on the little the little pretzel racks. rack. Yeah, yeah, and they brought him a big plate of something, and I really wanted to see what was on that plate because it Wiener Schnitzel. It looked like enough food for a village. And they acted like it was just bar snacks they were bringing him, but like sausage and (laughs) a whole deep fried pumpkin. Right. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it was um, it it was uh, interesting to find out after watching it that it was, you know, a little little bit of uh, Italian horror movie history. You know, Mm -hmm. being so early in the color, the color film talkies. Yeah. Yeah. So next week, we're going to talk about Kingdom of the Spiders with William Shatner. Mm-hmm. So that ought to be fun. Yeah. Cool. Ought to be. <laughs> Should have been good. <laughs> All right. Should have been good. Those ingredients. <laughs> right. Spiders, William Shatner, you stir it all up. Should be fun. Should be yeah. good. No, it's uh, fun. I I. It's no giant spider invasion, but no, it's pretty good. But it does something. It's no Earth versus the spider either. Right on. Or Kiss of the Spider Woman. Or Kiss of the that Spider was a Woman. Off a minute. Or Spider Man 2. Yeah. You know. Well, shall we call it a show? It's a show. It's a show. Listeners, thank you for listening. I don't got one this week. Well, Thunder was kind of nice. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs>